Welcome to Running is Bullshit, I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. And before we get going, we need to administer a quick correction, because as we've talked shit about runningshoes.co.uk, but it seems the research that we looked at and was sent in was in fact looking at another similarly named, now shut down website. So as it turns out, runningshoes.co.uk actually is a really good, legit discount site for shoes. So please take a look if you need some shoes. Uh, luckily for us, no one, I don't think, listens or takes us seriously. So hopefully we won't get any repercussions from this. Yeah, no cease and desist or anything like that. I'm so confused about this running shoes debacle anyway. So I'm just like nodding and smiling like, yeah, that was probably the wrong website. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. It's fine. It's a good website. I actually generally have a look at it because it's a decent place for discount shoes. Now, we haven't got a guest this week. We haven't really got a main theme this week. We didn't have one particular thing we wanted to talk about. So I thought it was going to be a little bit lean. Um, but as it turns out, there is a shitload for us to get through. Uh, because everyone's having a crap time, everyone's miserable, and that is great for us. So thank Absolutely. you very much, everyone, for that. It's right on brand for us. Perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> Red January is over at last. And I've realised, despite not actually taking part or really liking Red January, I've been doing it anyway, because that's just having a dog. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah, I've been active every day since, I think, Christmas Day. I only missed a couple of days in December. It's now, like, early February, and I probably will be just forever so that's just that's just how it is having a dog really so don't do red january get a dog instead i mean so you're saying you're not one of those people that bought a dog during lockdown a very active breed and doesn't walk it no we definitely do i've just done 10 miles with him this morning so that's crazy that's a crazy idea that's just crazy actually walking your dog and buying an active breed and actually walking it do you know the the one that's been getting us recently is cockapoos because cockapoos are super cute but very active and i think people buy them because they're super cute and then don't really train them enough and don't give them a much activity cockapoos are mental you gotta think like cocker spaniels are known for being crazy yeah lovely dogs but they are working dogs they need to be taken out and and all that and then poodles i think they used to be working dogs yeah that's smart as well really intelligent yeah but cockapoos like our neighbor has a cockapoo who's absolutely lovely um but we walk their cockapoo for them sometimes and you can't walk them anywhere near mud. Yeah. Like the hair, because they have hair rather than fur. So and it's amazing because I saw a post on a Running With Dogs group. Oh, it's the Notorious Facebook group where I got shouted down for daring to take my dog off the lead. Um, but there was a post the other day about somebody getting a cockapoo um, to run with. And I was going to comment and say, I wouldn't really recommend it if you're running anywhere which involves any sort of mud because it just gets all in their hair because it's not fur and it just mats and it's a complete nightmare like with our dogs because they've got um because they've got fur rather than hair and the type of dogs they are it tends the mud just tends to fall off them and then we don't wash them all the time with shampoo we just rinse them off with Mm. a shower head if they're too muddy um and that's it and they're good to go whereas cockapoos the, the maintenance that you need to do on them is yeah. insane. So I was going to comment on this post, so, you know, don't get a cockapoo if you want to be going anywhere muddy. But loads of people were saying, yeah, yeah, cockapoos are great, blah, 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 blah. Like, they're great to run with. And they're, they're, they're great in terms of running, but the maintenance you have to do on them. I'd never have a dog with hair, ever. Always yeah. for, like... Yeah, I just worry that, like, when I see a family with young children getting a super active dog like that yeah. and i just worry like are you gonna do all the training that dog needs or are you, are you just gonna be one of those people like oh he's mad oh you can't control him and then they yeah. just let him do whatever they want and they're destroying the house and stuff and- yeah and they're like oh well that's just what he does yeah yeah huskies are one of the worst as well people buying huskies because huskies are notorious for if you don't exercise them enough and they need a shit ton of exercise yeah. you can't exercise them enough no, then and they just destroy your house if they're not stimulated enough. So it's just crazy. There's going to be loads. People who want a dog to run with, just wait a few months. There'll be loads of nice dogs in rescue centres that will be perfect to run yeah, with. There already are. Definitely already yeah. are. Yeah, don't bother getting one for Breeder. What I love about Husky as well, they're such dickheads. Like If they yeah. don't want to do something, you tell them to do something, they'll just be like, rah, rah, and they'll just <laughs> shout at you. It's so funny. So that's our little dog rant update for you. Yeah. <laughs> So February is LGBT History Month. God, we've got June. We've also got February. Are there any months left for the straights? Uh, I know you're taking over. Uh, uh, happy LGBT History Month, Amy. Yeah, thank you. I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't get you a card or anything. I'm not sure if I was. That's okay. Supposed it, to. 
in this house, we don't open our LGBT uh, pet presents until uh, until the latter half of the month. So you've okay. still got time. <laughs> yeah, um, so I thought I'd include a bit of LGBT running related history. Um, so I wanted to talk about this podcast, Alan Turing, because I love Alan Turing. He's one of my favourite historical figures. And if anyone else loves Alan Turing as much as me, Andrew Hodges has a fantastic book. It's so thick, but a biography um, on Alan Turing. And it's just fantastic. So give that a read. I I skip over all the maths bits. There are a lot of maths bits. But um, Andrew Hodges, his uh, biographer, is also a mathematician. So he goes really in depth in some of the math bit. And there's like diagrams and stuff. I'm like, nah. So I just skip those bits. You just take his word for it that he was very clever. Yeah, yeah. It's a very thick book, but it didn't take me long to read because the bits on maths, I was like, (laughs) no, there's no point in me reading this because I don't understand it. Um, So most people are aware that Alan Turing um, was the guy who cracked the Enigma code, very important for ending World War II, um, and laid the foundations for modern computing. So we have the Turing test and things like that named after Alan Turing. Um, But not as many people know that he was a pretty good runner at the time. Mm -hmm. So he only really began running seriously when he was in King's College. And apparently his frequent route was from Cambridge to Ely and back, a distance of around 50 kilometres. Just casual. Well, Just ultra, yeah. casual. He was a ban- Oh, Alan Turing did have banter ultras. Yeah. <laughs> Legend. Just for fun, you know. Um, but Turing also came fifth in the 3A's marathon, which was used as a qualifying event for the 1948 Olympic Games. Um, so his time was two hours and 46 minutes and three seconds, which by modern marathon times does not really look great, but was very good at the time. And to put it in perspective, the winning Olympic time was only 10 minutes better than the 1948 Olympics. So he was a pretty, he was a pretty good runner. Um, yeah. And there's in um, Andrew Hodge's book, there's a bit about that, a bit about him running and... Um, I can't remember what, uh, he was a member of a running club as well that he ran with sometimes. I can't remember what club it was now. Uh, but there's people from that club that talk about running with him and stuff like that. So, so yeah, that's my LGBT runner. Because, of course, Turing was gay, <laughs> which most people should know because the, the government do, chemically yeah. castrated him and then he oh. k- killed himself. So, you know, not a great, not a great way to treat the person that effectively ended World War Two, and, you know. Created modern computers, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not a great ending for him. Um, but yeah, he he was a fantastic runner, apparently, which is uh, which is quite interesting. Yeah, it's so, only 10 minutes off the Olympic time. So that's the equivalent of running like a 2.15 marathon. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, so if any listeners know of any other LGBT runners or like touring like historical figures who are LGBT and also ran, um, then please let us know because I'd love to hear about more. Uh, I did do a Google in as a bit of research half an hour before the show uh, was recorded. And I just Googled gay runners <laughs> just to see what would come up. And both me and Stuart appear in the suggested photos. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's our um, when we did uh, Cardiff Pride. Oh, of course, club. yeah, yeah. There's two pictures from that. So we're in like the suggested photos for gay runners. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're famous gay runners as well. We are the face of gay running. Yeah, we are. I'm very happy with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got another fun story to kick us off with, uh, entirely unrelated. A clubmate of ours recently went running, happened to spot a little plastic bag by a bench in a busy park. And she was thinking it was weed. Uh, she had found some weed in that same spot before, and didn't want any animals or kids getting hold of it, of course. Um, so after so she picked it up, and after running along a little bit, she noticed it didn't really seem to have any smell, which she kind of would expect. So when she got home, she had a better look at it, and did a quick Google on it, realised she was carrying about a £1,000 worth of heroin. <laughs> she took it straight to the nearest police station, who seemed a little bit bemused that she'd handed it in. Yeah, I mean, sell it. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. No, I'm not. I'm not condoning criminal activity. But if I had a thousand pounds of heroin, then it would be tempting. <laughs> but just like what, to realise, to think, oh, it's just a little bit of weed, whatever. But like, it's like about a grand's worth of heroin then. Also, like, if someone's seen you pick that up. Yeah. Do they know if they see you in the park, you're in trouble. Yeah, it's, it's time to change your running route and your identity, I think. Yeah, hopefully they stop using that as a... I assume perhaps that's some kind of drop or something. Hopefully they stop using it. Because that's <laughs> in a park right by me, so I don't want that at all. But fucking hell, that's a bit scary to realise what you've handled there. Yeah, definitely. And also, like, taking it to the police station, like, I just found a load of heroin. <laughs> that yeah. looks a little suspicious. <laughs> 
Has anyone else found anything weird on a run? Please let us know. Is it anything weirder or worth more money than a thousand pounds worth of heroin? <laughs> I'd be surprised if anyone's found anything better than heroin. I would say better than heroin, but you know what I mean? More interesting. All I've found before, which I've mentioned before on the podcast, is a knuckle duster, which I handed into the police. <laughs> so I had to, while I was running, I didn't know whether I should hand it into the police. So I was like Googling as I was running. Yeah. are knuckle dusters illegal in the uk and apparently they are so i can't see okay. the police that's pretty good <laughs> yep that is a good one uh so amy let's get get into a little bit more then have you found anything else this week any, any other bullshit you've been up to um not really <laughs> things have just, have just been usual running started to feel pretty good again you know when you get to the stage in your training where it feels a bit more effortless yeah. you know getting back into it so that's about it I've had a bit of an injury, again, not a running-related injury. Um, I've banged myself on the head really hard. I'm just seeing in the camera whether you can... It's like, right... You can't see it very well. I've got like a light. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yep, yep. I I was saying to Ray the other night, I was saying, I wish it was a big bruise because it hurts so bad. Yeah, you want something to show. It's a tiny line on my head. You know how I did it? Our dog's um, raw food was delivered the other day because we order it in bulk. And I was bending down. I bent down and picked up the box and I turned to, to put it over into the kitchen. And I cracked my head on the side of the door frame so hard that my teeth chattered together. Oh. It's really painful and it really hurts. Like every time I move my face, I can feel it. And it hurts so bloody bad. <laughs> Do you keep poking it saying, oh, it really hurts when I poke it? Yeah, I keep like accidentally touching it and yeah. it really hurts then. And I just, it, and all I've got to show for it is just this little line on my head. And that's why I wish it was like a big bruise to make it more, uh, more impressive. So that was, that's my injury, my self-inflicted injury, which well I tend to have quite a lot. Um, and then Pippin's also had an injury. Oh, bless her. Oh. Yeah. So, um, cause we were supposed to go, me and Stuart were supposed to go for a run with the dogs today, but Pippin is not allowed to be overexcited because she's injured her tail. So oh. yeah, she, we thought at first, cause she kept waking up in the night crying like as if somebody had stepped on her so she'd do this really high-pitched cry um and then I'd, I'd get out of bed and i'd find her sat on the floor just sat like staring in space and like licking her mouth hmm. um so at first i thought maybe she was going to be sick because that's what dogs do when they're going to be sick and dogs are just randomly sick sometimes uh but then she didn't want to stand up so we thought maybe it was her legs so we checked her legs over and she was fine and then we thought maybe she was going to come into season because she hasn't been in season yet um because she kept looking around at like her rear end and crying because some uh, female dogs, when they come into season, they can be really confused, especially if it's their first one, mm. um, and cry a lot and stuff. But um, we'll check when we're checking her. We we felt under her tail, and she's got like a lump under there, and she was like screaming when we touched it. So we took her to the vets, and apparently she's like uh, there's inflammation between there's a little gap between the spine and the tail, and she's got inflammation there. So oh. poor Pippin, yeah, she and she's she's on like sort of rest in that she can't get overexcited and use her tail too much she's on painkillers and rest a a dog that's not allowed to wag its tail is the saddest thing i've ever heard i know she's a bit more like yesterday when it happened she wasn't she wasn't really herself which was really sad she was just sort of sat there feeling sorry for herself but she's a bit more herself now she's on painkillers so so yeah poor pippin no running for a little while hopefully it'll be in a week hopefully the inflammation will have gone down but yeah so, yeah, <laughs> how's your yeah. week been, Stuart? Good, yeah, it would have been nice to uh, run with you and Pippin this morning because as soon as it was announced last week that in Wales we can meet up with one yes. person from one household to mm. exercise with. Um, some of the reasons for that we're actually coming to later on. Um, but that would have been a good. So as soon as that happened, I was like booking people in. Mm. We're like, right, people need to meet William. Who needs to see William? Who wants to come and see him? So I thought, yeah, come see Amy to get some content, run around the muddy woods with a GoPro and hopefully one of us falls over and it'll be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been taking it fairly easy after the ultra I did a couple of weeks ago. I felt basically fine. Weirdly, like the day after, I did like an hour's walk and that was fine. And I only ran 5k the next week, just kind of just to be really careful and sensible. Um, but since then, I've basically been fine. I, I didn't even after two or three days, my legs didn't really hurt anymore, which is really strange. It's like the recovery is kind of bizarre how how quick you can recover from something like that. I guess just because I've been running for nine years. I just, my legs are kind of used to it by now. I've always told people who do couch to 5k, you might not necessarily get quicker for ages, but you'll notice you recover a lot quicker. Like Mm. when I first started doing park run, 
it would take me till about Tuesday to recover from a 5k run and then I'd have football training and ruin myself again for the rest of the week. But, you know, now 5k is kind of nothing to recover from. It's very strange. Um, I started to get some sore feet, but that's probably because, like, all the shoes I've got are shit. Uh, the Wish shoes, I'm I'm sorry to say, the Saktia board shoes are broken. What? Yeah, the little, like, they had, like, a little air gap under the heels and one of them has burst. Oh, no. So I think that was making my stride a little bit wonky so that's why my feet were hurting so i might have to be in those i dread to think what virus has escaped those shoes from china (laughs) when that air bubble burst (laughs) could be all kinds of things in there yeah um so yeah they've had to go my old trail shoes have had to go so i need to buy more shoes again fuck's sake um and the only other dog update is uh william broke his lead this week chasing a collie like as soon as we started the run he spotted a collie, decided to... It was a really, really playful, silly collie. So we ran after it and just broke the lead straight off. I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. God. Take him home, get the other lead, go for a walk yeah. again. God, I remember when I was sat outside Starbucks and Pippin chewed through a lead. And it was a Starbucks <laughs> next to a main road, so I had to carry her home. <laughs> it was just a complete nightmare. <laughs> That's probably why she did it. Yeah, oh, God, yeah, 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 of course she did, yeah. She knew. <laughs> um, right, to catch up on the last episode... Now, Mrs. Bridgewater on Twitter, she got up with the Rocky Patreon song and said she loved my lovely long dick. Well, you are very welcome. Oh, God. It's it's just, it's nice to hear, frankly. Mrs. Bridgewater, how dare you? <laughs> how rude. I, look, that's just what she tweeted. I'm just reading what she tweeted. Okay, okay, I'm not... Mm. Mrs. as well, you're married! Well, what can I say? Anyway, moving swiftly on, Rachel Bentley said, Great episode. Well done, Stuart, on your ultra. But all the praise is for Amy for singing what? Dancing Queen. What? what a week to sign up for Patreon and then a little like dancing lady emoji. Fuck's yep. <laughs> Thank you. All the praise. All the praise. Yeah, I mean, you might have run an ultra for hours, but I spent 10 minutes singing Dancing Queen. So, you know. Ian Thompson said he thought he could slowly hear you losing the will to live during your rendition i was losing the, i'm always losing the will to live it's just a coincidence that i was singing dancing queen at the same time <laughs> ah, okay did it kind of go on slightly longer than you thought it would oh you kind God, of started it, off like i'm into this and then like fucking hell this is a long time it, yeah and also it's the dogs crying in the background and <laughs> trying to get them to stop crying long enough so i could sing so yeah that wasn't i was losing the will to live with the dogs as well uh, Brian Simpson cleared up that yes, he does work on ships, but not the ones with a nice running track around the top deck. Mm, mysterious. Okay, I think we've finished that now. Brian Simpson works on ships. That's why he was on ships. Okay. I think we're done. <laughs> we've also got some Amy Genders Gender Agenda with me, Amy Genders. <laughs> a letter from a local paper it seems impossible nowadays to walk anywhere in the town without encountering groups of predominantly female lycra clad red-faced joggers wheezing puffing and coughing over anything or anyone in their way perhaps these people think lycra stops the spread of the virus possibly it does if worn over the nose and mouth but not when it's stretched to bursting over large areas of thigh and buttock I know people want to get out in the fresh air during the current restrictions. I also know it is uncomfortable running while wearing a mask, but I am sure it is not nearly as uncomfortable as being strapped to a ventilator in an overstretched NHS hospital. So can I ask, if you do have to jog, run responsibly and wear a mask? This was sent to us by Melanie Watson, who said, This appeared in our local paper and has caused what can only be described as a bit of a stir among many of the local female runners. I think most appreciate that people are wary of others at the moment and there is a fear of being breathed on. But Alan's main interest seems to be the lycra, which is stretched to bursting point over large areas of thigh and buttock. And then uh, face palm emoji. Love the pod. Keeps me smiling through the weirdness of the current times. Intolerant, sexist tossers are bullshit. Keep up the great work. Mel, two kisses. Ah, it's just weird, isn't it? Like this whole like Alan's fixation on lycra is bordering on creepy Buffalo Bill vibes, isn't it? I don't like it. Bad vibes. (laughs) But he's put his name in this. He's also put the street where he lives. So I just wonder if there's loads of people running up and down his street now, like, fuck you, Alan, in their lycra, because I fucking would be if I lived in Bishop Stalkford, wherever the shit that is. Um, What is, like, old people's obsession 
with lycra or people that don't run or exercise they've got an obsession with people wearing lycra like the thing of the mammals middle-aged men in lycra oh look at all those middle-aged men in lycra on their bikes of course they're in fucking lycra you try cycling 50 miles in jeans see how you get on that's just what you wear that doesn't matter well yeah this is yeah alan's just but bordering on a bit pervy and weird with this is it just actually what i find more annoying so i went out for a run Last week, I went for a long run, about 10 miles around Cardiff. No, 11. 11.5 miles around Cardiff. Not that that's important. Um, but I went through, like, Butte Park, place like that, which were fairly busy. You know what's more annoying? It's these sort of people that are spread out along the path in the middle of a fucking pandemic. Walk to one yeah. side so I can get round you, so I don't have to breathe all over you in my fucking lycra. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Alan, if you're that close to a runner that you're worried that they're breathing too much in your face or whatever, move to one fucking side. Because I, I bet you're one of those people that walks in the middle of the fucking path and has no spatial awareness because you think everyone's just... It's your world and everyone's just living in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, have a bit of spatial awareness, move out the fucking way, and maybe you won't be so bothered about it, eh? Yeah, if you're generally worried about being breathed on and runners not wearing masks, why are you talking about them wearing Lycra? That's just what people who run wear. That's, mm. that's That doesn't come into it. And oh, because it's stretched to bursting. Oh, so, so, who gives a shit what you think, Alan? Mm. I mean, he's writing a letter to a paper, so that puts him definitely in a generation, a very particular generation, doesn't it? And he lives in Bishop Stortford, so, you know, I have no idea where that is. I'm sorry if you live there, but it sounds like a place where someone called Alan Tringham would write in about women wearing lycra and breathing, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't know it was a stereotype until we read it, and we were like, yep, that's what that is. (laughs) Definitely. Um, moving on to Patreon to support this bullshit you can head to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and donate £2 a month to us and in return as you must surely be dreading by now we sing your name I am continuing my sporting theme theme with this absolute banger of a tune Phillips, Nikki, Genders, Victoria, Dick, Rich, Skirm, Rob Smith, Carl Fleming, Chris Swimmel, Amanda, Murray, Hine, Jonathan Carter, Charlie Neverson, Angela Foster's Wales, Matt Newby, Paul Hibbert. Brian Simpson, Matt Garner, Elliot Lyon, Anthony Howe, Ivor Hewitt, Rachel Bentley, David Owen, Sam Wally, Steph Paul, Matt Catherine, Gawley, Thorwell, Maria Wicks, Matt, Lisa, Julia Page, Lisa Gibbon, Tim Hughes, Joe. Matt Jones, Len Martin, Sophie Jades, Matt H, Simon Ross, Liz, Reese Clark, Gilmore, Kirk Shepherd, Ian Hale, Ruth KP. Oh, what a tune that is. I love it. I can't stand Ski Sunday, though. It's really boring. It was very impressive. Can I just say oh, well done well, for, well, thank you very much. for managing to put it to that, that tune. Very good. All, pra- all praise to me, yeah? All praise to you this week, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. Let's have a little catch up on some of our previous guests because they are have done and are doing some weird things. Um, first of all, Vic Irwin's The Happy Runner. She was in episode 53. She has finished her double accumulator after running 1 to 31 miles in December. And then, for fun, she decided to stick at 32 miles every single day throughout January. Almost. Because, you see, 32 miles a day would finish on 992 miles. And you know how you just have to round up those awkward numbers? Well, she just thought she'd run 40 miles on day 31 to get to a nice round thousand. And the first 32 she did on that last day were the fastest of the month. That's... Well, I don't think I ran a thousand miles in 2020, let alone, like, I can't imagine doing that in a month. Yeah, if you're not disgusted enough yet... She ran two full days in her front garden oh. and one in her driveway. What? But wait, there's more. Of those 1,000 miles, 306 were in her garden. The other 694 were all within two miles of her house. Vic, we're allowed to go other places as long as you're not driving and stuff. It's okay. Go to well. your park. It's okay. <laughs> I think it's just the limitations of where she is. There's not many trails out of there. And also, I think think she was staying close to be close to the kids until her husband got home and then she could go out in the village. But stop the kids, leave them. Just go. They'll be fine. (laughs) You've got more important things to do. You've got to do 32 miles every day. Just leave the kids. Don't worry. They'll look after themselves. A thousand miles within two miles of your house. God. That's, well, yeah. She's a wrong one. She's a wrong one. And was it all barefoot, you know? 
No, it wasn't. Oh, well, yeah. not as impressive then. <laughs> Speaking of wrongins. Yeah. Uh, remember Reese Jenkins, who teased us in episode 46 that he had something big planned for 2021? Well, it's now been announced that he'll be running the John O'Groats to Land's End and hitting the three peaks on the way. Because why do one when you can just smash together two of the biggest challenges in UK running? So that'll be a cool 1,000 miles with 100,000 feet of elevation in about 20 days. And because he's such a good guy, he's raising money for the Lucy Faithful Foundation, which is the only UK-wide child protection charity dedicated solely to reducing the risk of children being sexually abused. It may partly also be about getting to come on a pod for the third time as well, maybe, perhaps. I think he's definitely fishing for that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Trying to go to Land's End and the Three Peaks. So that's Ben Nevis in Scotland, Scuffle Pike in the Lake District, and then Snowdon in Wales, and then down to Cornwall. Just for fun. Just for funsies, just for shiggles. Nah. He loves it. And do you know what, actually, I had an email while you were having your sixth attempt at reading that last sentence. <laughs> um, Stuart Stevens has also just become a Patreon. Stuart Stevens. Because I got, I got bored while you were doing it, so I was checking my <laughs> You knew it was going to take like at least 10 times for me to get yeah, through Yeah, once you've, once you've messed it up once, I know, here we go. Yeah, once I've, it's never the same word. Well, sometimes it's the same word, but once it's I've names. Made, it's names. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, because now we're doing what comedians do on TV when they run out of ideas, and we're talking about our parents every time. Uh, <laughs> it is time for an incredibly important Nikki Genders update. Nikki Genders, what you up to? Nikki Genders, where's she gone? She finally retired, sick of being a cog. Soon she's come back from Spain and she's bringing a dog. Woo! Nikki Genders, what's she up to? Nikki Genders, what's she done? Nikki Genders, brand new dog girl. Nikki Genders. Nikki Genders. Super exciting news. There will be a new Genders in the house. Not your house. Yeah, I'm having it. We were trying to work it out the other day because... Um, me and my partner are like crazy dog owners. We also, we, yes. you know, refer to our dogs as our, our kids. Um, mm-hmm. So this will be, so Argus, who is going to be my mum's new dog, is going to be my brother. Mm-hmm. So it'll be the dog's uncle, Uncle Argus. Okay. So we keep oh, telling the nice. dogs they're going to see uncle. So, and then another point is my mum's hopefully, depending on how the restrict, restrictions are and what's happening, my mum might be coming to stay with me at the end of March, coming back to the UK. So maybe Ooh. she can have a little guest spot on the podcast, say what she's been up to, mm. even though she doesn't actually run. <laughs> and I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think we should encourage it. <laughs> but yeah, so Argus is, we're super excited for Argus to come and stay with us as well. I think the dogs yes. will like to meet their Uncle Argus. Uh, it's all very exciting. <laughs> you love saying Uncle Argus, don't you, already? <laughs> I can Argus, tell. Uncle yeah. Um, the other thing, the other update on my mum that I have seen is that <laughs> uh, yesterday, my mum's been doing Facebook Live, so she has this little like van life page she does, and she does like Facebook Live from wherever she is in Spain, um, and she fell over on Facebook Live <laughs> yesterday. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I wasn't watching it live, but my mum texted me and was like, I've just fallen over, have a look on Facebook Live. <laughs> and it's so funny because... She's walking up like a monastery and she thought it was like pine cone things on the floor, like little seeds, but it was actually olive stones. Mm. So it was like walking on marble. So she slipped over on the olive stones and she was holding her camera. So all you see is like, she didn't make a sound when she did it. So all you see is like the sky coming into view. And then slowly, like one of her legs goes over, like one of her feet goes over for no reason. And then you see her partner, Andy, in a mask because you've got to wear masks outside in Spain as well like bending over her like she's just woken up from a coma (laughs) she's like you're right (laughs) it was the funniest thing I've ever seen but yeah (laughs) to be she didn't make a sound I would have put the audio in here because that would have been funny funny. people falling over is always funny oh it was funnier because it wasn't a sound because it was so sudden and then you just see the sky and like a random pink shoe go like over in front of the camera it was bizarre but yeah (laughs) But, but the yeah. good thing about that is when you said she fell over, you didn't say she had a fall, which means she's not that old yet. No, no, because she managed to just get up afterwards and stuff. She's yeah. not going to have to go to hospital and that's, you know, all that sort of thing. So, yeah. yeah. It's when people start saying you've had a fall, that's yeah. when you're old. Yeah, officially. definitely. Yeah. And she's okay. I, I'm not like some sort of callous person that just laughs at my mum falling over. She just slightly... Oh, 
That's yeah. funny. Don't worry about that. Yeah, she's she's grazed her elbow a bit, but she's fine. She had to go back on Facebook Live afterwards to tell everyone she's okay because <laughs> the live just ended there with like the view of the trees in the sky. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Uh, good news. Uh, let's move on to some of your bullshit. Um, thank you, I guess, to Rob Smith for bringing this to our attention. Amy, uh, I'm going to leave this one to you. Oh, so, I mean, you've got to go on our social medias to have a look at the pictures here because the pictures really make it. So in 2017, Glenn Rains ran the Boston Marathon dressing nothing but a faux fur loincloth and a necklace made out of human and animal bones. And yes, he was barefoot. So he was instantly dubbed the caveman by fellow runners and he finished in a respectable time of three hours, 40 minutes and 43 seconds. So he trained for over a year to toughen his feet and allow time for his hair to grow out. Really dedicated. Uh, He could have just worn a wig, but, you know. Uh, I mean, this is a guy wearing a necklace made out of human and animal bones. So, yeah, a wig probably wasn't an option. Uh, When asked why he did it, he replied that he just wanted to remind people that expensive running shoes and high-tech athletic clothing are nice to have, but are not as important as a well-balanced diet and determination. And also that, hey, it was fun. The well-balanced diet kind of is suspect there because, you know, I understand the bare bare feet represents not wearing running shoes. But then you sort of assume that the necklace perhaps represents the diet in which he has animal and human bones. So... I'm not really. Yeah. I'm not really too sure of the message there. But yeah. He yeah. Was... Does Does anyone deny that a well balanced diet and determination are not important? No. No. Yeah. It's just you. You need to go and look at the pictures of this guy though, because he does. He does look like a full arm caveman. He looks fucking. Hey, he looks good for it. He's yeah. That's a good diet he's got there. Um. He also said the costume required a lot of lube, which mm. is an interesting word <laughs> to use <laughs> lube rather than just like anything else. But. Um, <laughs> And Molly Brereton uh, on Facebook also added the delightful detail that the teeth on his necklace were his husband's and asked, is that romantic? Why? His husband's children, how, like his how, husband's like, like milk I teeth. I, I have no idea. Because like, as an adult, you don't lose teeth normally. Normal, not normally, but oh who God. knows with in that household what's going on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Very. That uh, is very strange. Yeah. I mean, did. I... Sh- I shared that and I said, that is not one we're going to track down. But that is one we're going to track down. Oh. I love one of the comments as well. was like, no, he will track you down. <laughs> <laughs> he, will, he will sniff us out. I do, I do kind of want to track him down if anyone knows him. <laughs> I might do a little detective work and uh, not that it requires much detective work because we've got his full name. But um, yeah, see, I, I mean, if he's a caveman, he might not have the internet and stuff because yeah, you don't true. need that to be a good runner. No, you don't. So he does look like he's done a good job. He does look like you know when they render up what a, a caveman would look like when they're doing yeah. like time team or whatever. You know, he's done a good job there. But like, specifically to let his hair grow out as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wigs were never an option. <laughs> Aye. And moving on, Mark Brocklehurst tweeted to say, "Down in Hove, the latest thing seems to be for people to wear camouflage dry robes out for a stroll." They're supposed to be post-swim slash water ski like on their website. People wear them to the shops when there's a spot of drizzle. I, I mean, in Hove, and if they're legit like dry robes, you know, like the actual brand dry robe, this mm. might be just a bit of a flex because those things are expensive. <laughs> uh, yeah, it could possibly be that. I think someone also said that um, someone on Country File was wearing one recently and looked ridiculous. But I think mm. everyone looks ridiculous in a dry robe. You yeah. can't not look ridiculous. No. I'm sure they're lovely and warm. But you look like a dick. Yeah, they look cosy as hell, but I'd only wear them after their intended purpose, you know, after like swimming or something. But Mark doesn't know. Perhaps they've just done a triathlon and then they go into the shop. You, you know, you never know. Yeah, exactly. They've just done a, a band to try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At Red Adair 76 said, Big puddles are bullshit. Had to clamber along a wall to get through. Then on the way back, a local with a big empty jeep boot said he'll need waders to get through that and drove on. So no lift for 20 feet either was bullshit. <laughs> if, you've got a, if you've got a nice big boot, offer your local runners a lift. I know. Don't be, don't be jumping into random people's boots. That's how murders happen. Yeah. Wait until you're invited. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Don't just jump on the back. 
I did do an arsehole thing the other week. It's the same long run when there was too many people that were around and too many people not being spatially aware and taking up too much space in the middle of a pandemic. So there were some big puddles on the route because it had been raining a lot. And in order to get round people, I splashed as hard as I could through these puddles, wetting them all. Because I thought, if you're walking for a breast, you deserve that. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. Well, speaking of confessions, Kirk Shepard has a wonderful story of pettiness as a confession for us. So I'll read this to Amy to see if you forgive him for this. Mm. He says, I'm a bit of a plodder. I never feature at the top of Strava leaderboards, so to massage my frail ego, I create Strava segments on routes that no normal person would ever think of running. That way, I can get the tiny dopamine rush when I see the pathetic yellow crown next to my name. That's What fine. do you think, Amy? Yeah? I think that's fine, because I think at some point, somebody will overtake you on that random route, Kirk, and you're going to be so pissed off. So yeah, yeah. I think that's perfectly fine. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. What The thing I don't like is when someone creates a Strava segment and then for whatever reason, I get an email that says like, you're like the king of the um, so this segment. I'm like, what? And then I look, by the time I look at it, I'm already in like 52nd place hmm. because it's, it's sorted through everyone. It's decided I'm first and then dropped me right down as it looks at everyone else. So that's hmm. quite sad sometimes. Yeah. Kirk continues with a second confession. Oh. Jesus Christ, Kirk. He says, I became the local legend for a 400 metre segment of my local park, only to have it cruelly ripped away a few weeks later by some fast fucker using the park for easy runs and cool downs. Oh, of course. So over the autumn and winter, I made it my mission to not only regain the local legend wreath, but to put it so far out of reach of anyone that I will never lose it again. Consequently, whoever is now in second on the table will have to run a half marathon on a 400 metre segment to depose me from my local legend spot. I'll add that I sometimes just do laps of the park to put it even further out of reach. Hmm. That is so wonderfully petty that, yeah, I will completely allow that. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. There'll, there'll be somebody else that comes along and wants to challenge you on that. So, you know. So presumably a half marathon on a 400 meter segment so that you must be a hundred laps ahead of this person at least yeah that is very impressive and it's again so petty to be wonderful because it's completely meaningless it's completely pointless yeah and just doing that and just like just to go there every now and then just to keep it topped up because of course it runs out every 90 days mm -hmm. so you need to keep it topped up yeah nothing wrong with that good for you you're forgiving kirk but i think you need to go see a therapist Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> there's something else that he mentioned there. Um, how like some fast fucker using it for easy runs and cool downs. Do you notice people who are really fast? Yeah. If they ever do an easy run, they always have to say it's an easy run. Oh, obviously, yeah, on Strava, yeah, yeah. That's I how love you know. that. Or if they've they've run with someone, oh, just an easy few miles with this person for a chat, just to make sure that people looking at them don't think, well, look at them, they're going slower than usual, even yeah. though no one gives a shit. And you know that half of those easy runs were never intended to be easy runs. They just woken up that day, and for whatever reason, like we all do, they just had a bit of a slower day because they were tired or whatever. But they could not just leave it at that. They had to say, no, this was an easy one. It was intentional. You know, I yeah, meant yeah, to. This yeah, part of my plan. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Danny Norman's also been on the social medias recently because of the Strava lockdown vigilantes who are apparently still twitching their digital curtains nearly a year after the rest of us got the fuck over it. Uh, considering it's now completely fine to go out and exercise more than once a day and across the UK for various reasons you can exercise with people outside of your direct household. Um, who knows what these dull fuckers are still moaning about? Um, there's probably a bit of a generation gap between those who use Strava and write into local newspapers, of course, but they're very much kindred twatty spirits. Now, I will say last week or last time I did uh, mention how there was like 30 mountain bikers going out together, but I think mm. that's a bit of an extreme case. But if there are still people looking at people's Strava and saying, oh, you've gone out twice a day, oh, you're running with someone. I mean, fucking hell. How are you still doing that? Yeah. Yeah, like get over yourself. We, like you say, we're allowed to go out more than once a day. We're allowed to now meet another person from outside our household. Just chill, man. I'd love for someone to say that to me because I'd just be like, all right, call the police. Off you go. Yeah, yeah. Go and report it to 101. See what happens. Yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> exactly, fucking hell. So on to our emails now. And we've had a message from Gareth Jenkins who agreed with Stuart about thinking up a stupid idea and that being enough to fully commit to it on the subject of banter ultras there I think he's now planning a 50k route around the castles in Bridgend County despite having no interest in castles 
He considered a park runs a bridge end route, but there are only two 20 miles apart, plus one is in a prison. Not ideal. So it couldn't be technically completed, which is his way of talking himself out of it. I mean, that's a lack of dedication. Commit a crime, Gareth. Do you, you know, commit a crime, do the time, do the park run. Um, Gareth asked in his email, a question for you both. I ran a 27 miler and a 33 miler in the last two weekends as part of it. Did I run two ultras? Is it bullshit to call a 27 miler an ultra or is it bullshit to suggest that it doesn't count as an ultra as many people only consider only 50k, 31 miles as an ultra? Now, 26.3 miles is an ultra. It's an ultra. If it's more than a marathon, it's an ultra. So, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't count. If you've run a marathon race and, okay, inevitably you'll run a little bit further, that's not an ultra. You've still run a marathon because you've run that route. But yeah. if you run anything else, and it's if it's a tiny bit over a marathon, yeah, it's an ultra, absolutely. Yeah. Nice little humble brag from Gareth there, just running a couple of ultras casually in the last two weekends or whatever. We've had another email. This is a good long one. It says, hi guys, I've been catching up on your back catalogue gradually and I'm loving the podcast, but thought you would appreciate my sharing what happened when my seven-year-old daughter overheard... Now, I don't listen deliberately in in her airspace, but she has heard bits of you guys. And one day she burst into tears and told me she didn't want me to listen to you anymore. I asked her why, thinking she had just got a bit upset because I was listening to something sweary and I'd need to have a chat about appropriate language or such like. Instead, her response was, because it means you think running is bullshit and I don't want you to think running is bullshit because then you'll stop running and I won't get to go to parkrun with you anymore. She then followed with a, a tale of woe that I'm sure will be familiar to most junior parkrun parents of crying all the way around the course, getting distracted, having to be carried, getting super excited and then hating it. Um, she continued, I did my best to explain to her there are a lot of things about running that are in fact bullshit, but it didn't mean I didn't like running. I'm not sure I succeeded there. I then did the next logical thing and tried taking her back to junior parkrun. She made it far enough to get to the photographer and get a good photo, but then dawdled so much and took so long that the tailwalkers assumed we weren't with Parkrun and went on past us. She sat down at the top of the first hill about 800 metres in and refused to go any further, even if we carried her. Trying to run with kids is bullshit. Thanks for the content. Karen Hamilton. (laughs) Sounds like she already thinks running is bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she's well, you know, that is a new listener in a... Yeah. What she said. Eleven years time. When she's old enough. <laughs> she's definitely. She's definitely a runner though. Like cries because she doesn't want to not go to junior park run. Then yeah. goes and hates it. <laughs> and stops yeah. like halfway through and doesn't want to go any further. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. But junior park run is hilarious. If if you haven't been because you haven't got kids, um, just go once they come back in the UK. Go and marshal at one. Go and volunteer because it is so funny. I don't like kids particularly. Um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to marshalling there again. I mean, not only because it's park run, it'll be nice to be back, but because it's just so funny for all of those reasons. Kids who just like are stamping their feet and like, I don't want to go. Let's run to that bin. Yeah, okay then. And then they run to the bin and then they stop and like, oh, and then they run again and then they walk and it's just so funny. Try to do the bullshit running news. That seems like something you should do, yeah? Yeah. Bullshit running news, bullshit running news. It's a bullshit, the running, and it's the news. Bing. So we've had a story from The Guardian that was also on the BBC that's about a group of leading female runners who have spoken out about the abuse and harassment they experience when they are training because they cannot access their usual facilities during lockdown. This has been something actually that's been reported a fair bit throughout lockdown over the past year there's been quite a few articles that have come out um with the experiences of of women uh runners not just like top level female runners but also you know um your everyday female runners as well rhiannon lingington Payne is a welsh 400 meter runner and head of competitions at welsh athletics and has had to train in the streets and parks recently and has had a beer can thrown at her along with your classic wolf whistling and heckling from cunts in their cars hannah bria is another welsh sprinter and has said it's ironic she was not allowed on the track for safety reasons but did not feel secure training in public she has taken to wearing plainer and looser running kit the good news is that South Wales Police, along with Welsh Athletics, Sports Wales, Welsh Cycling and Ramble- Ramblers Cymru, have launched a campaign called Exercise Our Freedom. And it is to quote... 
The good news is that South Wales Police, along with Welsh Athletics, Sports Wales, Welsh Cycling and Ramblers Cymru have launched a campaign called Exercising Our Freedom, which is to, quote, raise awareness that unwanted and derogatory comments or intimidating behaviour directed at those exercising is not acceptable. So while we know every woman listening to this has a story, we want to ask you to call 101 or report online in every instance you can if you've experienced intimidating behaviour or any of those things listed above or call 999 if you feel unsafe um, as you absolutely will be taken seriously. Um, And I talked about a few months ago on the podcast about seeing a guy exposing himself in my local park and I rang 101 straight away and they were really good. They sent police down straight away. So please don't think that um, like it's not worth calling. And I said this Mm. at the time, Uh, especially because these people probably have done it before. And if everyone calls about them, then the police will start to build a case around them, you know, find out their their patterns and what they're doing and stuff. And it's more likely that that, that it will be addressed. So, yeah, never think it's too big or too small. That's for the police to decide. Just ring anyway, you know? Yeah, and actually I've had to report to 101 recently as well. And you can actually do it entirely online. Yes. It does prompt you a couple of times of like, "Mm, this sounds a little serious. Are you sure you don't want to call? But you just say, no, you can carry on. You can just do it all online. Yeah. They did give me a call back just to like confirm that they picked it up but that's a good way to do it as well if you don't want to go through the hassle of actually talking to someone yeah and i would say that you know at least in um in in wales i don't know what it's like elsewhere but when i've had to ring 101 before the call handlers are usually really lovely as well they Mm. don't make it feel like you're wasting their time or anything like that so yeah it's definitely worth a call Uh, i just want to say that this article um that being mentioned here i've seen it posted on some of the facebook running groups i'm a member of and I am so, so sick of hearing men say, but yeah, I'm, I'm heckled too. You know, I've experienced this too. Like, of course, that, that's the issue as well. But we're not talking yeah. about that. We're talking about women right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, make your own post and talk about that. It's the same people that probably say all lives matter. You know, that's not the issue yeah. we're talking about right now. It is, yeah, it's a bad thing, but it's a different issue. And it yeah. is more, it, it just is more serious where yeah. men do it towards women because it's yeah. more threatening. Yeah, and it's That's often... generally how women die is starting off with things like this, of yeah. men threatening them and then, you know, following through. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, of course, men face issues when they're running as well. On a post like this, it's not the place to talk about it. You know, there's yeah. other places you can talk about it and you know so please please don't say things like that on the comments this post well because there's all there always is there always is in these comments men experience it too it's like yeah but not in the same degree and make your own post yeah it's also interesting coming from this top level and especially with like Mm -hmm. sprinters as well because i think part of it is because these women are fucking stacked Mm -hmm. because they look amazing i think a lot of men are quite intimidated by that Mm. Because they've got like big thighs and they are strong and fit, but mm. to see them on the street and the parks training, it's you know it's so impressive. You know, I still see that all these videos of Mika Moore, uh, our previous guest, who's a sprinter in Newport, and she looks incredible. And so I think a lot of men look really intimidated, and so they lash out mm. because they just look so much better and stronger than they do. It's yeah. so pathetic. I I always find as well because I haven't I've been quite lucky, and I think it's because. Um, often men don't really pay attention to me because of like how I look and stuff and things like that. And I often, and I'm quite short. So I think sometimes they don't know how old I am as well. And they don't want to be seen as like talking to a child or something. Um, So luckily I haven't really experienced much in the terms of like men heckling me in that sort of way. But you know, what I always get, it's always middle-aged blokes saying, keep going, you know, like they think they're being nice. But it's like, you wouldn't say, I know they wouldn't say that to another, to a guy, you know? And it's never from women. It's always from blokes saying, keep going. You're doing really well. Don't stop now. Like, I mean, on normal training runs. I don't mean during a race. And I'm like, mate, leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah, it is quite hard to pitch those. If you're the kind of person that likes to like say hello or good morning or likes to give a bit of encouragement, it it is quite difficult to pitch and come across as friendly and not be weird. I think it's probably easy just to not do it. Just like, you know, a nod and a smile, you know, morning, whatever. But I think probably just leave it. 
Yeah, yeah. And it, there's ways to do it. So, like, I've been, like, st- you know, still at traffic lights or, like, for a bridge to go up or whatever in Cardiff Bay before. And I've had a chat with some random guy about running and it's been yeah. fine because it's not been, like, keep going. It's been, like, oh, the weather's shit today or how far are you running? Yeah. And it's that's fine. I don't mind talking to random people. But when it's just some... I'm running past some bloke that's, like, you're doing great, like, in a really patronising way. Yeah. It's like, fuck off, mate. There's no need for that. <laughs> I think I only ever would maybe... if. If I could see like they were, you know, if it was if they were like sprinting up a, a tough hill and you can yeah. see that they're like enjoying it and laughing at themselves almost, there's you can kind of tell sometimes, you can kind of make a little bit of a joke about what they're doing. Yeah. Oh absolutely. But, yeah, I think that I think it. hill repeats and stuff like that is the only time that I'm happy for someone to go, Oh, you're doing really well, you know, because yeah. if it's if if somebody else walking up the hill and they're like, Oh yeah, it's tough or I can do that, I, I get it, I get it. But if I'm just out running on a normal fucking pavement I don't need your your encouragement, mate. <laughs> yeah. Just before we finish this section, just to follow up on something we mentioned right at the top of the show there, was actually part of the justification in Wales for how they allowed people from different households to meet up to exercise was because they received feedback that women didn't feel safe going for runs and walks on their own. So that was part of the thing of why they made this very slight change to the lockdown restrictions in Wales so people could exercise together and do it in a safe way which is shitty that that is a reason but it's great that they recognize that and made the change moving on um, i'm sure we'll come back to women being abused in running at some point probably in the next episode because you know it always happens um so good news for weird shoe fans nike have done it again the new go fly ease is a brand new hands-free shoe that you can slip your foot into and then out of without bending down or using your hands It does this with a nifty hinge and a big rubber band around the shoe. And it's definitely worth taking a look at the gift they provided because it actually does look really cool. Aside from making it easier for all us lazy runners who just like smush our feet into the shoe without unlacing them every time, Nike are keen to point out how this kind of tech can actually help all kinds of people in various situations, such as pregnant women, if you're carrying children, or even just like carrying stuff for shopping bags, as well as, you know, disabled runners as well. Mm. And in places such as Japan, where people take off their shoes quite frequently as as a courtesy, um, they don't seem to have anything on the actual performance of the shoe, or whether something like this would be race legal, but it's definitely really, really interesting. And it's one of these things that um, in a previous job, I remember looking into something called accessible design, which is the idea of if you can make something simple, better and more accessible for people, it makes it better for everyone. Mm. I think a good example is when if you make a door easy to open, right, a big heavy door, but you kind of counterweight it and make it easy to open. It's easy for people who are disabled, people who are with children, people who have hurt their arm. And that's basically everyone. So these shoes as well, they've got this weird hinge. It kind of folds up. You can just slip your foot in and take it back out again by um, you press your foot on the back of the heel because they said, well, if that's how people take off shoes, you're not supposed to, but that's how everyone takes off their shoe by standing on the heel and pulling your foot out without unlacing them. So they've actually used that and actually put like a little notch there for you to stand on and slip your foot out. It's a great idea. Yeah, the GIF is kind of, I'm watching it at the moment, it's kind of mesmerizing. I don't think I'll be able to stop watching it. But I think you're right about this is the thing when, when stuff like this comes out, there'll always be those people, in, you know, that will say, oh, why are people, how do people get so lazy? Da, 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 like anything yeah. like this. But they'd forget about how many people would really benefit from this sort yeah. of shoe design. Like you say, people with disabilities, pregnant women, all sorts of different people, you know? Um, yeah, I, it'd be interesting to know what the performance is like in terms of running. I personally think, I think it's a great idea for everyday shoes, for sure. Mm. Um, particularly, like I said, for people with disabilities or whatever. Um, but I feel like I need laces. I feel like I need to control the tightness of the shoe when I'm running. Mm. So yeah, I'm that would really, be an interesting, that'd be yeah, an issue, I think. In terms of fit, you know, and because that's part of the job of laces is to improve the mm. fit of your shoes and to make sure they stay on and and you know to have pressure in the right places so i think as a first generation and perhaps as a as a non-running shoe mm, i think as a non-running should, shoe yeah for sure it should work pretty well because you know except even with all those other groups of people but you know if you hurt your back or if you hurt your finger you know they've like an index or a middle finger can really affect how you do things mm. so if you could just slip your shoe on without having to do laces it's perfect mm. Yeah, and I think, like you say, like for most people, I'd, I'd love something like that when I'm just slipping. Because at the end of the day, the shoes that I wear for everyday use, I'm just, you know, going outside and stuff. I don't undo the laces every time because it's not no. important that they fit snugly. I just, something like this would be fantastic. I'd love that. Yeah, so that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on if you mm-hmm. like weird shoes. Uh, and Florian Neuschwander, 
has smashed six minutes off the treadmill 100k record, completing the stupid distance in six hours, 26 and eight seconds, which is an average of six minutes and 13 seconds per mile. He did his last 10k in 36 minutes and five seconds. His last 10k. So gross. That's terrible. I hate that. So gross. Ugh. Why? I mean, it was on a treadmill, so that makes things a bit easier. So, you know, <laughs> not that the impressive. Tre- <laughs> the treadmill records are actually slower than the uh, road records, though, which really? I always find interesting. Oh, that's it. That is interesting. Yeah, I was generally, being, they are a bit slower. I was being facetious then, but I was assuming that it would be faster just because, like, usually on a treadmill, you're a bit faster. But that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That's weird. So, yeah, that's the main thing. I hope races come back because people stop running on treadmills so much like this. Oh, it's my stupid. God. It's funny because, like, the route I take when I'm running a lot of the time, there's some really nice houses that that look over the water near me. And somebody's got a treadmill set up in the window there. And I think, yeah, sure, you've got a nice view, but... You could could be in the view. You could be in the view. You could be... I don't know. There might be a reason why they use a treadmill. But I just... I When you go... When you're on like a lovely route and you see a treadmill in a window somewhere in somebody's house, you just think, oh, mate, come out. Come outside. <laughs> yeah. I've never seen them using it. But um, yeah. <laughs> Not judging or anything. I'm just saying I've never seen them using it. <laughs> you know what, though? It's now like early February. Are you getting a bit sick of the cold and the rain? Are, are you ready for uh... it to be spring again now? You know what? I went on a run last night, like in the evening. I say last night. It wasn't that late. It was like half five, but it was still light. And there was a really weird, it was cold. But once I started running, I warmed up and it was like a really weird atmosphere because it felt like finally we're coming into spring. Mm. Like it was nice and light. There was people out walking and stuff. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready for it to be spring now because it's it's less the cold because I quite like running in the cold. Um, It's more that... I've been really struggling at the moment to run in the mornings because I wake mm. up and it's dark and it's rainy. And yeah, and it is, I don't like the cold in the mornings, you know. Once I'm out, I'd be fine, but getting out the door is awful. I want it to be summer and I want it to be 5 a.m. I want to be running at sunrise when it's like kind of warm, but not too warm. So you're sweaty and horrible. I want it to be that again. You know, that's yeah. the only thing. I kind of just want it to be dry because I run a lot yeah. of trails. And there's just so much mud. Every run I do is just mud. All my shoes are wet. Mm. I have to wear insoles in all my shoes. I've only got two sets of them. And so often I get, right, right I need to go for a walk. And I look and like both my sets of insoles are in wet shoes because I'm too lazy to take them out and try them out. Oh, fucking hell. So I have to have wet feet again, which means I have to change my socks again when I get home. Mm. And I'm just ready for it to be dry. I've like, there's a few um, good segments on trails I wanted to run recently, but I just kind of can't do a good time on them because it's so wet. So I, mm. I just want the trails to be nice and dry so I can run on them quicker. Yeah, and also it's like less of a clean-up once you get home because there's some trails oh, near God. me that I love running on, but as soon as I get in, like, mud is everywhere. Like, no matter, if I, even if I take my clothes off, as soon as I get in the door, mud is still everywhere, you know? Yeah, when we get William in now, we've basically got, like, a three-stage process to get him mm. in, the, in the house and dry him off and clean him because mm. he always he runs everywhere and gets just really filthy and soaking wet so there's like a whole there's a whole process that he's really good at now he's learned the process and he knows he comes in lifts his paw up mm. gets into the living room rolls over for us so we can dry oh. his tummy it's great oh we just basically throw our dogs into the bath because we've got a bath with one of those like uh shower heads that you can take off so we like for yeah. a proper little thing going on and, it, and if they're lucky they get to have a shower with me afterwards Oh, lucky them. Yeah, so sometimes it's just them in the bath and other times I take them in the shower and they both cry and like jump up on the screen yeah. trying to get out. But Don't blame them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, what's next? What a visual to finish on, right? <laughs> um, next weekend, there is a five-mile time trial. Uh, Welsh <laughs> Athletics are having their road relay challenge, obviously doing it virtually. Um, so that's something I've been trying to encourage people to do. So a five-mile time trial. I mean, yeah, how how hard can that be? I'm I'm sure that can only go well. That sounds awful. I know. It, it's just it's it's just one above a th- a five k, really, isn't it? Like in terms of you've got to run pretty fast for those things. Well, think of it as like a ten k without a fast finish. Ugh, awful. Just when you get towards like the bit where you think I need to start speeding up now, you just stop. Although so to be fine. to be fair, if I I think if I got into the mentality that it was a ten k, like I completely fooled myself, that would be quite nice because normally that final mile of a ten k is fucking awful. You look down the path and think, oh fucking hell, you watch peeps. Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially like with for the Cardiff Bay ten k, where you have to sort of come near the. A lot of ten ks do this. You sort of come near the finish line and then you've got to go back out again. You yeah. know, I hate that. I hate that. Well, I'll be running the Cardiff. Park run route but running from the next bridge up which is a mile away so 
Uh, okay. So we're fairly familiar route at least, but I think it's going to be dreadful. Yeah, for sure. How about you? Nothing. I'm not doing Nothing. any of these time trials. I'm not doing any of that. I am, I am doing quite well with upping my mileage. I'm doing well with running like some longer runs in the week. So I'm hoping to maybe go out for a long run today at some point. Maybe, I don't know, maybe it will happen. Um, but yeah, so just working on my mileage because hopefully the uh, the ultra that I'm doing in April still goes ahead. The Market Harbour Northampton one. Mm. So I need to sort of be in some sort of state to do that, <laughs> which is what, what it, I think it's like 28 miles, that one. So yeah, I yeah. probably need to do a longer run of, that's longer than 14 miles this time. Probably, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that would be a good idea. But so yeah, mm. that's it really. Uh, hopefully running with Pippin again at some point if a tail yeah. gets And better. hopefully we can run with William and Pippin again Yeah, too. hopefully maybe next Sunday if her tail's better. So yeah, because the thing is, if she was to meet up with William today that would oh, not be oh so exciting yeah her tail would be falling off so yeah <laughs> oh, so sad if you've enjoyed this bullshit please visit runningisbs.com to see the show notes and links from this episode and the whole back catalog as well as links to our patreon merch store and social medias goodbye bye so many fuck-ups in that one <laughs>